Hello everyone, thank you for anyone that's joining us. So good morning, good afternoon and good evening to wherever you are in the world. Welcome to this week's edition of the Inside Out Effect podcast. Uh, this is episode 16. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Stephen Jakes. And uh, this episode is actually, uh, actually, actually accurately called All About Fear. So uh, for those of you that are on YouTube or uh, listening, please like and share, because obviously the more people this reaches out to, the more people that we can uh, we can help. So, and you can like and share on Facebook too. And you can like <laughs> and share on there Facebook as well, too. yes. Okay. And you can love us on Facebook as well if you like. Yeah, you can. Send some hearts, send some likes, send some smiley faces. That'd be great. Yes. Just let just let us know you're there. Yes. Because um, I can't see from this distance. <laughs> So I, so I can only see, I can't see the names. I can only see the likes and the, the hearts going up. So that's great. I yeah. think, think someone just sent one up. I think that's Rebecca. She sent yeah. one up. Brilliant. Thanks, Rebecca. Great. So anyway, I'm your host, Stephen Jakes from HealingTheMind.co.uk. Um, I'm uh, also the co-founder of the Inside Out Effect. I'm a DTO specialist, a hypnotherapist, a therapist, a neuro technician, and I would like to class myself as also a uh, and quite an advanced dance music producer, but and alongside me, it's a bit of a shameless post there. Uh, but alongside me, I've got the suave, suave, and the debonair. Wow! And my good friend, business partner, uh, Jonathan Shaw. So hello, Jonathan. Hi, uh, how are you doing, my friend? Are you all right? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I love the suave yeah, and debonair. <laughs> it almost makes me sound like James Bond. I feel well, like easy. I'm, I feel like I'm now easy. cross between James Bond and Jesus. Yeah, it's it's an interesting combination you yeah. got there. So. Yeah. <laughs> It's like healer and spy at the same time. <laughs> Brilliant. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I love it. Yes. What a well, great analogy. Yeah. Suave and Debonair. Suave and Debonair. I've yeah. never had that before. No, we've had it now. And so Thank welcome you. to our studio here. Uh, Jonathan is obviously the creator of the DTO system. He's also a therapist. Uh, he's an expert in chronic pain. He's helped many, many people uh, solve their pain problems. And he's also author of the book Decoding Pain. Uh, the emotional blueprint to healing chronic pain. He did it. He got it two, right. Two, yes. two in two weeks. Wow, it's amazing. Twice in, Twice two, in weeks. two weeks. Fantastic. Yes. He didn't get the rest of the other days, but <laughs> but on the two times on the <laughs> podcast, he's nailed it. Oh, I've done well. It's because people are watching. It's because that's what it is. Yeah, under pressure. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so good evening, Jonathan. Um, you're now all fed and watered. I am. You cooked us a lovely meal. Thank I you. Him, I cooked him a lovely uh, meal. And as I said, the only problem with Steve's cooking is literally. When you have it, you just want more of it afterwards. So yeah, that's literally that's the main problem, which is quite frustrating. It's he a, only cooks little portions. That, it's nice. That's a nice compliment. Well, it's yeah. not. You did. You had twice as much as me. So yeah, to me, that was a little, por- a little, a little portion. Oh, that was. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, you're all fed and watered. So, I am. Uh, thank how, thank so you very much. That's all right. You're welcome, and you're always welcome to eat in my home. Uh, I love to cook. I always have done. I mean, been single now for three years, so you sort of get every every night. Are you hinting to the ladies listening? Hinting to the ladies. Hinting to the ladies. Yeah. Hinting to the ladies. No. So yeah. So every night, every week, I try and learn or learn a new recipe or new something oh, different. Good. You know. So anyway, so uh, we did the podcast on Saturday. And so that was all about triggers. All about triggers last night. Which was quite funny because I woke up the next morning and uh, we talked all about triggers and how we, when we see things and how we get triggered. And one of the replies we have is someone put an angry face. (laughs) Someone actually put an angry face on the The video. video, So the video about triggered. Triggered, triggered yeah. yeah so I don't think they quite got the context. Well, that was quite well. No, they got it really clearly. I mean, they got triggered. That was the whole point. They, yeah. they, 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 but whether she understood, that's what it was. Well, I just thought that was highly amusing. Yeah. So yes, we did. We did the podcast last week on triggers, um, and uh, it was quite funny because when I went back and watched it. Um, I was really nervous. I could watch myself on the. I watched myself on yeah. the screen. I realised Steve actually got triggered watching himself on the screen. Yeah, uh, he's never actually done that before. Like, yeah, so. it was, it was, I don't know where I was. I think it's because I was just nervous, really, for obviously being on camera for the first time. And yeah, uh, yeah so anyway, so I'm back to my normal composed self. And uh, so yeah, so anyway, so we're going to do a podcast this week. Before we move on. Uh, how's your week been? Have you had a good week, bad week? Has it been successful? Have you had any good clients? Anything you want to share the people on Facebook or uh, anybody that's uh, uh, listening to us on the podcast? Yeah, no, it's been a really good week. Uh, just really busy with clients. Um, just helping loads of clients. I'm, I'm working solid at the moment, which is great. And got new clients coming in and just 
um, because I'm able to get people better reasonably quickly. You know, I get a you know, new cycle client. So you get time. high turnover. I get people. high turnover people, yeah. which is great. Um, you must get to meet a lot of you know fascinating people. You know, on a regular I, basis. Or... Yeah, I meet loads of different people on a regular basis, all with different problems. I treat so many different problems. I mean, I know I specialise in pain and anxiety and depression and things, but I treat all different types of problems, all ages. All different ranges. I'm, I'm, I saw a guy. He came to me for a consult, and I've known him for a while. And he came to me for a consult, and um, you know he's suffering massive joint pain in shoulders, in his knee, in his hips, and a lot of it just stems from the fact that he's injured himself uh, with the shoulders and the knee, and the injuries have never actually been healed properly. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest problems with pain is that you get injured, and they don't actually heal the injury. The physio you go to or the therapist, they don't heal it fully, mainly because they don't believe they can heal it fully. And they don't get the the full range of motion back or the full strength in the problem uh, back because they don't think it's possible. And it's totally possible. I, I fix uh, chronic injuries all the time for people uh, when they've had it for a long time. And what's happening is that because these injuries are at the top and bottom of his body, it's having an effect on him. He's kind of shrinking down like this. Okay. He's getting more and more joint pain, getting more and more tired. Uh, but it was it, it's it's a fairly simple process to fix. Another lady I saw the other day who I, I've I've treated for other things, but she came to me with a hip problem, and she's been told that the the the, the hip, some of the tissue in hip was torn, so it's causing a pain when she moves a hip or opens a hip too much. So she's done quite a bit of weight training on it and strengthened it, but it was still a few range of motion she couldn't get through, and the doctor has told her that it was the tearing that's the problem. But actually, that wasn't the problem. It was actually the weakness in the inner thigh muscles. <coughs> and when I strengthened that, and when I did some deep work on that, which was a little bit painful, and then uh, did a little stretch on it, she actually then got more range of motion, and her range of motion was like 50% better in, in about half an hour. So so what's the common the common denominator you have when people that do come to see you? What's the common denominator that, you know, the, the similarity that you must... You must see a similarity in people in the in what's actually... what's What's the underlying problem that is re- repetitive? Uh, well, repeated it, over and over again. Well, the similarity I see, I know you're talking about cause, mm. but the biggest problem I see in people is that they believe that their diagnosis is what's causing the problem. And when they believe that, they then don't look for another answer. Okay. That is the biggest problem in people I see. So they believe that the, the, the whatever you've been labelled with uh, arthritis, slip disc, sciatica, torn ligaments, yeah. torn tendons, cartilage damage, whatever it is you've been labelled with, that people believe that that is the cause, and because some of those traditionally can't be solved, they don't search for an answer. Or they've been told they're injured and they'll never use it again or never be the same again. And that, to be honest, is complete bollocks. I've helped so many people solve that problem when they've been told nothing could be done. It's just complete nonsense now. I've been doing it so long. But that's the that's the biggest problem people have. Yeah. It stops them looking for another answer. I think I, can't be solved because I ended up having three spine operations in the last six or seven years. And funnily enough, I think once I was uh, diagnosed with what it was, what I, what I believed the problem was, that was it. I didn't look no further. I just said, "Oh, that's it," and surrendered myself to having surgery. That's exactly now it. that's actually caused me some problems now later, a little bit later on in life, because fundamentally it's caused me a belief that I can't do or haven't. Up to now, I've not been able to do gym work, physical exercise, stop playing football and all the rest of it. So my whole, and I was a really active person, and that sort of stopped me doing that through the fear, through the fear of, of, of getting back the pain that I had because it was so bad. But then having met you and, and learning from your perspective, I was sort of a bit disappointed really that I, it, that I learned it too late, if you know what I mean, because I know that pro- possibly I actually wouldn't have even needed the surgery, but it's been done. And also the beliefs that you have after you've had an illness or uh, a physical problem also prevents you from potentially doing that thing again in the future because you think that yes. that's, it was that that caused it and, and it can keep you a bit trapped. So, but you uh, brought up the fear. The fear thing's a big thing for yeah, people. The fear thing, we yeah. are so frightened of our bodies and our minds. We're so scared yeah. by what we get taught. But, you know, as I'm an expert in pain, you know, fear is a big problem for people. They think when they're in pain, their body's damaged or it's broken. And that's actually what not pain's about. Pain is not about your body being damaged or broken. Just because you're injured, it's not damaged or broken. It just needs repairing the correct way. And there's so much fear that goes with that that we we think our bodies are um, uh, vulnerable. We think our bodies are delicate. 
And the truth is, we're not. We're nowhere near as delicate or vulnerable as we are taught we are. And, you know, the problem with that is that people, as soon as they feel pain, they panic because they think there's something wrong. Or, like, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, I had a guy, you know, come to me with arthritis in his big toes. Yeah, you did talk about that. Uh, and because he heard the word arthritis, he went, oh, well, I can't change it. And he stopped doing all of his sports and everything in the last four years and has literally been hobbling around. And there'll be a lot of fear that goes that, fear about getting older, fear about not being able to move, fear about not being able to do the things you want. And I see that a lot with people. But literally within half an hour, he was bouncing around. Uh, and I see that a lot in people. There's so much fear with their bodies. And really, guys, your bodies are amazing. Your bodies are fantastic things. And if you know the right things, you can heal anything. And I truly believe that. And I've healed loads of things of people. Well, I didn't heal it. I helped the body heal. But you, you oh, know what you, I mean. You know, I, you're not Jesus from... No, I look like... resurrected... I, 21st century no I just look like Jesus I've got the hair for it and and I've got the body for it but I haven't haven't got the sandals for it it, yeah exactly I haven't got the sandals for it so but um, but no but you said but you said there's three core things there's three main things that cause all problems isn't it there are three core things core root causes of all problems uh, of pain that is yes of pain and uh, the three things are poor movement poor flexibility and chronic stress. Yeah. Uh, the problem with chronic stress is it's misunderstood and there's actually a whole process of stress which is beautiful. And once you understand it, you can I can explain anything. Once you understand, now now I understand the process of stress and it is a process, it's not yeah. random. I can actually explain any symptom, any behavior, any mental health or physical thing and explain it where it actually makes sense. Yeah, and we actually did a podcast uh, on stress. So if you guys are interested in finding out a bit more about stress and what it really is, I think it was episode uh, three or three or four. It was one of the early ones. It was one of the early ones we've done, but we did do a a whole. uh, We did a whole episode on stress and what it really is, and uh, which was uh, quite quite revealing. Quite a few yeah. people got in touch, touch with us about that and asked us to do talks about it. So, uh, so yeah, so anything else that's been going on for you in your world uh, of your clinic? Or? No, actually, I've just been super busy this week, just, yeah. <laughs> just doing those things. However, you have a great story to tell people yeah. about a guy that you've treated. You kindly touched, you, you briefly kindly touched it, you briefly touched on it last week, but you, you saw him again this week. And yeah, I see him. Yeah, so this is the guy from last week. He had severe anxiety. He was suffering from depression. He'd had a relationship breakup, um, and he had loads of uh, tr- uh, stuff that was making him behave in a certain way when it comes to uh, being in a relationship, or you know that that neediness of having to be with somebody. And I went back into his past and cleared up all of the reasons why he needed to be in the relationship, and that was because he was bullied. Uh, and he felt ashamed and ever since that ever since that this shame of being bullied has created an emotional response which makes him feel like he has to be with somebody who can't be alone yeah uh, and most people don't understand and um, probably won't put two and two together it's all uh, the uh, the subconscious mind is a very strange thing and uh, i can tell you now that we make up loads of stuff in times of uh, of shock or or trauma when it actually happens so we make up all these beliefs but that was actually the defining belief that actually uh, fundamentally was creating his situation of being with a, with a relationship program. Then he uh, he's ang- he also had severe anxiety, which I was able to go and find out what was causing it and switch that off. And what and the depression as well, I was able to switch the depression off. And I think pretty much within four hours, in, from Thursday morning to Friday evening, I'd got rid of the whole scenario about what had gone on. But he uh, during that process, he was getting an epileptic uh, twitch he was suffering epilepsy um, because something within that that sphere of what had gone on had uh, triggered triggering was triggering the, the epilepsy. Yeah. So I got a phone call from him uh, yesterday or a text message yesterday, and um, he asked me if he could come and see me. And I, I was I was unfortunately I was uh, making a, a new track, so I was in the studio making a new dance track, so I couldn't see him. So he came out and saw me first thing this morning. So that's the Friday this morning. And uh, so anyway, he uh, I he he said he kept getting triggered back to the epilep the epilepsy kept being triggered at work. Every time he started feeling anxious, it triggered the epilepsy. And so I was able to uh, navigate like through the process of where he was at work and everything. Found the triggers, found the anxieties that he was experiencing, switched them off, and <clears throat> and uh, all the anxious responses from. He's actually currently living in temporary home, uh, right. so he's living. He's moving into his home tomorrow, a new home tomorrow night. 
But um, anyway, so there was lots and lots of triggers that was be, that was going on around his work about being at home and all the rest of and it. What was one of the triggers at work? What was uh, one of the triggers was when he heard the uh, the phone being put down. So after he'd phone, mate, after he'd done a deal, after he'd done a deal with a or or done a pitch on the phone or yeah. got close to doing a deal, he put the phone down. As soon as he put the phone down. That triggered the anxious response, wow. and that then triggered the thing. So I was able to so go and switch that off. Someone similar was putting a phone down was a trigger. Yeah, That's yeah, and the and but actually the root cause. So, so this morning when he left, I think I've switched off all of the epilepsy. I, wow. Now I'm not hundred percent sure about that. Yeah, because I haven't heard from him yet. But I would have known he hasn't contacted me all day. So if he had. If it had have come back, I would have assumed that he would have contacted me and said, look, it's come back. Because I said to him, if it comes back on again, call me and I'll talk you through and maybe switch it off, switch yep. off whatever's making you anxious. Yep. Um, but I haven't heard from him. But he, the main thing was is that it was the house that he was living in, the temporary accommodation. He would wake up in the night. He was in a strange environment. It'd be dark in a strange environment. And that would then trigger his epilepsy. Then he'd have it all night and then it would carry on through the day. Wow. So, um, so that was really, uh, and that was new for me because I'd never, ever gone there before. Right. It just was the logical, it seemed very logical that when he told me that the anxiety was triggering the epilepsy and the epilepsy was triggering the anxiety, I just put two and two together, realised there was a, the anxiety is about being attacked and powerless. And when I got into it, it was just feeling powerless across the board. So I just yeah. switched off all the powerless um, responses and then that anxiety virtually disappeared. And then when I got to the triggers and got rid of them, touch wood, I think I might have uh, solved his epilepsy for him. Yeah. So that was really, really great. Um, really pleased with that one. And <clears throat> there's a couple of new people that I've seen today, uh, today, uh, this week, uh, have come and seen me based on the success of the podcasts and uh, what we do. But um, I've uh, switched off some, uh, some real, some real, uh, some addictions, food addictions. Yeah. That was done very, very quickly. Actually, I yeah, was you really, said it was only a little bit. There yeah, so like switched two, off. Yeah, two, one thing was switched off, and it, and it removed the addiction. Uh, I've also so the girl that I talked about last week that had the severe problems with the uh, with the chronic stomach cramps and the being sick and going to the hospital and yeah. having the morphine and then hospital not being able to help them. Well, she come and saw me uh, this week, and I asked her after our last session. So I did the Skype session, and like for anybody that didn't watch the last the last uh, episode, um, I just went to what was uh, going on in her life that. Uh, represented something she couldn't digest or something she couldn't stomach and uh, once I found what was going on in her life around that and switched them off her all of her pain virtually went instantly and she said it felt like her stomach opened up so so I knew that I'd sort of got to the, the, the got, got to the root of it so anyway she come and saw me uh, yesterday day before yesterday and I asked her and she basically said that within 48 hours of me finishing the the internet call of me switching off all of the the guilt, the shames and the stuff about moving and all, there was lots of stuff around it. But once I switched it all off, within 48 hours, she was completely back to normal. She was back down the gym, she was eating, she was training, personal training. And that was within 48 hours of me finding out what the thing that was going on emotionally yeah. that was causing her physical stuff. So See, That's incredible. Now that actually ties us ne ne nicely into fear because yeah. what she experienced and going to hospital would have created a lot of fear about what was happening to her. and you know, being rushed in the hospital with severe pain like that, and no one knowing what was wrong, that creates fear. When people don't know what's wrong, when people, when doctors don't, it creates fear in doctors when they don't know what's wrong. You can see them dashing around like yeah. headless chickens, worrying what's wrong. But then something so simple of changing the response, the, the environmental biological shock that she'd had, by changing that, all the symptoms and pain go away. So we don't need to be frightened of our bodies. We don't need to be frightened of our symptoms because they are all caused by shocks and traumas in our environment. And if we change that and heal that, then the pain, the sickness, the illness, it literally goes away. Uh, we've seen it time and time again. I mean, I've done it 20 years. I've seen it with my clients. I've seen it with other people's clients. Stephen's starting to see it now with illnesses. And it, it just goes quick. So the fear about our bodies... Is, is doesn't work for us, but there's so much fear because we think these symptoms are bad for us. And the irony is that the stomach symptom is not bad. It was the body trying to heal itself. Obviously, it felt bad. Yes. And it, she was obviously, you know, didn't know what was happening. But it's actually not technically bad. The body is trying to heal. It's just stuck. So a lot of these, what we are called illnesses, they're actually just the body trying to heal itself. But it's actually stuck in healing because of the trauma and the shock. But there's so much fear around that and it's just 
it's ridiculous the amount yeah. of fear. Yeah, I mean, I've got to say that, I mean, ultimately, when I first started learning about the human brain and learning about the human mind, uh, my journey was quite, you know, over the last seven years, I've worked with some of the leading people in the world when it comes to behaviour, uh, um, how behaviours uh, in the mind. I've worked with some really great teachers. Um, in particular, there was a guy uh, called Ewan who uh, taught me all about NLP. Um, there was, I've done lots of other different therapies and stuff as well. But um, ultimately, um, once I... So I sort of really was more interested about helping people's emotional and mental problems. And that was really my goal. And I sort of fell into this with you purely at... It was really, really by pure fluke because um, it just happened through us meeting a friend and we teamed up together. But I have a natural aptitude for it and it, I just yes. fell into it. But one thing that I've sort of... And over the last period of time, I've sort of honed that skill and mastered it, I'd say pretty quickly, to deal with some really, you know... Some, some big things. Some big things yeah, for yeah. people, you know. It's just like, you know... Um, but what I never really ever could come to terms with was the correlation between the physical body and the mental body and how actually they're both so intrinsically linked. Yeah. They're so intrinsically connected. And, and once you can actually find out uh, what, I mean, I just find it incredible that, you know, I can literally heal somebody's physical problems just by solving their mental or emotional state. response or state that's going on or the learning or something that happened in that time. So yeah. I find it fascinating. I'm learning more and more all the time. Um, I've always got a really good teacher here. And uh, so, you know, full credit to Jonathan because, you know, he's he's been able to um, help me do that. But I find it fascinating, absolutely it, fascinating. And it, it still blows me away now. And I still sometimes find it difficult to grasp of what I do sometimes, if you know yeah, what I mean. I find no, it yeah. very, very difficult. So. It, it, it is, the body is a fascinating thing when you know how to use it correctly and you know how to, to get the body to heal, you can get better, people better very, very yeah. quickly. Some people are more tricky because they've got lots of sabotage running yeah. or limiting beliefs, yeah. but you can get the body to heal relatively quickly in a lot of people just by finding the shock yeah. and trauma. And it is amazing that, that if I could explain to everyone right now the, the process that people go through in stress, the actual stress process for each organ, because it's it's amazing what it goes. To. I can't; it'll take hours to do that. But it's amazing what it goes to, and and just knowing that changed the way I view health and wellness. Before I knew that, you know, there there, there were things I couldn't help with. I just did pain, and some people couldn't help. Yeah. But now it's changed the way I view my own health, the way I view other people's health, and it took a lot of fear out. And I see a lot of people; they're so frightened. But understanding this takes out the fear because you realise your body. It's just going through a process. Yeah. Whatever it is, your mind or your body, it's just going through a process and it's stuck somewhere in the process. Yeah. It's not random. It's not happened to you by accident. You're not being punished for anything. Yeah. You haven't done anything wrong. Um, at, uh, you're just going through a process and once you understand the process, you can switch it off. Yes. Yeah, um, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, and, and you can also explain what's going to happen next to the process so the person knows where they're going to be. Uh, but there's so much fear around it. Even mental health, a lot of people when they're suffering depression, anxiety, the fear is they're going crazy. The fear is that they're actually nuts. Yeah. Um, I actually had a, a lovely lady this week, it's the first time she came to see me, and she uh, has been struggling to get rid of, in this case, emotional issues. She, know, she knows it's emotional issues and traumas from the past. And um, she's been to do so, she's been done more things than you've done. And I thought that was impossible. Blimey. And she's travelled to all, all, around the, all around the world, sorry, to have things change and nothing changed. And we worked on one memory and it took us a whole hour to get rid of one guilt. So we, got, we did get rid of one guilt, it took us a whole hour, but it did go down, it went to zero. And she's never had that happen before. Yeah. So she's very stuck, and I do treat some people who are very, very stuck. She's very stuck and she's got a lot running, but the point is it did go from a, an eight or a nine to a zero in the hour. And that alone was massive change for her. But one of her fears was that she was actually um, uh, paranoid, that she was actually dangerous uh, because she felt that that she couldn't control her thoughts and yeah. things. And that's a big problem for people with mental health and that, that we're so frightened of our thoughts and our feelings that we think we're crazy, we think we're nuts. And some of the thoughts are scary, especially when you get dark thoughts. Yeah, Dark thoughts can be very frightening and because we don't understand them and often we don't want to think them and 
also they're not who we really are. We we you know we well know, none of our emotional responses are really who we are. Well, no, but cer- I mean, certainly with the dark thoughts, it, it creates a it, it makes us think things that. If we were being ourselves, we really. I was trying to say, in a way, you question. You, start, you, you question, question yourself. who you are. Yeah, you exactly. question: Am yeah, I really a absolutely. good person? Have yeah. I been this person all along? Just yeah. didn't know it. And you start questioning who you are. Uh, I did have a friend come to me, you know, many years ago now, and she, I don't know what happened. She didn't tell me because I didn't, I didn't need to know, and she didn't want to tell me. But over the weekend, something triggered, and she started having dark thoughts. And she'd been having them for a couple of weeks. And although we were close, and and she trusted me. She did not want to tell me what they were, so I have no idea. Um, but I got rid of it very, very quickly because it, it was a trigger from a, a TV or magazine or something. Oh, okay. Good old very, TV. Yeah, it was very simple. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it, she'd only had it a short time. Yeah. But certainly, when you get to the dark thoughts, you then get very, very frightened because you don't know who you are anymore because you're having thoughts that are quite horrible and nasty. So there's so much fear about our minds and our bodies. Yeah, I was just going to say as well, because I got uh, I put a post out this week on Facebook, which was uh, saying about uh, how much um, sometimes, you know, when you've got, you might have, I I like to think we, we've got the solution to most to most things, especially when it comes to what we do. So yeah. when it comes to depression, anxiety, PTSD, trauma, trauma. negative thoughts, negative thinking, behaviours, they're Overwhelm, all... Overwhelm, phobias. Anything like that. It all comes down to really a basic fundamental of four things which is uh, the guilt, the shame, the alone, and the beliefs and that the we beliefs. have. Yeah. Once we know what those four things are and we can find them, we can literally clear up pretty much anything, really, in all fairness. And so, but when you, but, but people have been taught and told so much nonsense um, by, you know, by uh, society, by TV, by other therapies they may have gone to, by the doctors. I mean, I had a guy here a little while ago who was really messed up and he just kept... He, he wasn't prepared to allow me to help him get better because all he wanted to do was keep telling me what other people had told him he'd got. All yeah. the labels. Well, I've all got labels. emotional personality disorder or this. I'm like, no, right, stop. stop. Just stop. Just whatever you've been told, leave it at the door because it's not working. You're not helping you. you you're at the point of like where you've had enough. And yeah. So stop believing this stuff because if you did have this, you'd be solved. You'd be healed. And what we don't want you to do is give you labels and say, right, okay, there you go. We understand your problem. Here's a label off your totter and then you're walking around popping your pills or, or behaving and acting in a certain way. We want to actually heal the problem completely so it's completely gone and it will never come back. Okay. Uh, but, you know, when you start talking to some people about these things, the amount of uh, um, animosity uh, and, um, you know, the resentment you get from people because they, they don't want to solve it. Right, they actually have got it, but they don't really want to solve it. And I've come across, yeah, it serves a purpose. Or the other thing is, is that they they haven't been able to work it out for themselves. So it sort of challenges them a little bit that they think that they're stupid because they they well, I, if I can't solve it, how can you? And so, you know, you get a lot of that. But ultimately, when you actually break that response down, so when I've really con- looked at that those responses about how I was being. I want to say being treated, but how they were responding to me when I was telling them about what I do and how I do it and how it works. As soon as they, uh, it triggered a fear in them. Yes. <laughs> it was actually the fear. fear. It was actually the fear that was triggering them. The fear of, oh my God, I can actually get better. Oh my God, it means I could actually get rid of my anxiety. Yes. Oh my God, what would life look like? How would how would that be? Uh, or the fear of the, that they're not good enough or smart enough because they can't work their problem out. Mm. They then felt inferior. And I found it fascinating. I, I do find it disappointing because when you're operating from that, you're literally stopping yourself from being completely free of whatever problem you've got. And that plays out later on in life. But, you know, but it is what it is. And hopefully the more that we can do, the more yeah. that we can get the message out, the more people we help, this will start snowballing. And people will have no, no cho- unless they choose to keep their anxiety or their depression or whatever it is they've got going, unless they really want to choose that, then there really is an option and a solution for for removing that because but that's what we do, that's fundamentally the foundation of what we do the, the thing with the fear the, the fear is that there's a lot of fear if you've had something for a very very long time there's a fear of letting go of it because you've actually built your life around yeah. the illness or the disease you've actually and I had a client who did this and that's why she uh, it was so difficult for her and I, I mentioned it before but I mentioned it in a second but uh, there's so much fear about how you're going to live your life once the problem's gone because you've changed your life in such a way that you've put all these coping strategies in place and also fear of who you'll be without it because it becomes your identity. It becomes who you are. And although that sounds weird and you may not consciously register that, 
And some of you out there will be like, that's nuts. And other people will be like, yeah, I kind of get it. Um, it actually can become who you are because you've had it for so long. It's like, well, this is who I am. I'm so-and-so. I'm, I'm depressed. I'm ang That's me. It's not who you are. In fact, our emotions and our thoughts are not who we are and neither are what we call illness and disease. But when you've had it for a really long time, that fear is so ingrained. So a lot of times when I'm clearing things for people, one of the fears that comes up is who will I, you know, what will I be without it? Yeah. And you can switch that off so that that fear no longer exists so you don't worry about that because often that's what's blocking somebody. Yeah. I um, got, I, I've, just got, I've just got to say, once I cleared all my stuff, my life become absolutely, it is amazing now. I'm, I, feel, I feel clear, calm, happy, you know, everything's working for me now, but but I did have a fear of losing it. But yes. actually, it's, it's such an illusion because now, I've, I mean, it's just amazing where I am at now. But so that that fear is an illusion. That, that really the, is the, just an illusion. It's so I've a been very on both, strong illusion. I've been on both sides of it. Yeah, I've the, been on the both fear sides is a very it. strong illusion. And um, I have another guy who's been on both sides of it, and I've mentioned him before. He suffered with depression, and when he was in the depression. He couldn't see a way out of it. He thought nobody could help him. Yeah. And then when he was out the other side of the depression, he heard someone had committed suicide. He didn't know them, but he'd heard someone had. And he felt so sorry for them because he could see, He knew there was an answer. Yeah. And he suddenly realised what he'd said to himself. Yeah. Um, and that's really sad, you know, that happened. But what the client I was talking about, she had chronic regional pain syndrome. And when she would come on Skype with me, because she lived a long way away, when she came on Skype, her, she was so frightened of getting better that her body would convulse. She'd say, my body's convulsing to come on Skype with you. It's really shaking. And she really had to force herself on uh, on the internet with me. And it took, I mean, it took Good, about I'm glad, nine you, I'm glad you cleared that up. Then. Yeah, exactly, yeah, I, I could, yeah, I'm glad I said <laughs> I internet. Lucky boy. I could have been wrong, yeah. Uh, I charge more for those services. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, but that's a different different, different podcast. Yeah, different uh, so um, she was so frightened uh, to come on the internet with me and clear her stuff. You filthy boy, stop oh, it. I can't help it. Um, and, Cheeky uh, nature. Normally what I would think. Uh, and, but she forced herself on because she wants, she'd got so desperate, she wanted yeah. to be better, and she wants to be pain-free, and she now is. Uh, but fear is a big problem. But uh, the irony is that actually nine times out of ten, the fear is not the root cause. So we are all taught that fear is the problem, and it looks like we're frightened, and it feels like we're frightened, but what, before I found DTO... I would sometimes try and clear the fear, but it wouldn't go. Yeah. And to try and clear fear, that's actually quite difficult sometimes. There are some cool techniques out there to do it, don't get me wrong, and I've learned a lot of them. But um, sometimes I'd work and the fear wouldn't go, and I didn't know why. And through uh, discovering DTO, I do now know why. Yeah. But we're going to come to that in a second. We're going to explain what fear... In fact, I'm going to let Stephen explain what fear is well, and how it gets created. And I'm going to explain what's underneath the fear that you actually need to switch off. Yeah, so for me, uh, I mean, so there's the other thing that I also want to just cover as well is that there's a lot of uh, beliefs that are banded around around fear. Yeah. And actually, everybody's going on about the fear, but actually, it's really, like you said, fear is not actually really the issue. It's like, so it's the symptom of something else. It's a symptom, yeah. It's the fear, fear is, is actually symptom. a symptom and not the problem. Yeah. So I wanted to clear that up because I see, again, I see so much nonsense on Facebook uh, with people talking about fear and, and I hear all these gurus, uh, you know, these development coaches that tell you about it and actually they're wrong. Uh, yeah. well I said it wrong but they don't understand what fear is and they're so they're actually they're, trying, they're addressing it. the wrong problem so they're, they're where I was when I was first trying yeah, to clear I mean, fear and, and there's a big misunderstanding um, you know that whole Susan Jeffries book feel the fear and do it anyway yeah. and what or happens push through it push you know, through it it's just, it's and what insane. that does is that some people can push through fear and other people can't. And the ones who we're can't, gonna, then they, they worry, why can't I push it like others? Yeah, we're going to explain, explain that in a second. We're going to explain that in a minute, yeah, so, in a minute why so, that is. So basically all fear fear really is, is when you're going into the fight and flight response. Exactly. That's all you're basically doing. And so what happens is is that when you are think you're in danger, your body will go into three three stages. It will go into fight. It will go. So, you know, you've got to stay and fight. You've got to run in the flight or you play dead. So they're the three responses that will happen. And so what happens in the moment of when you think you're in danger or there is danger, uh, you go into fight and flight response, which we experience as fear. But actually, it's not really true, is it? Do you want to elaborate a little it's bit It's not really fear. So, so when I tried healing fear before, it was clearing some people, not in others. And when I realised about the sabotage that, that goes on for people, 
I realised that what was underneath the fear was actually the sabotage, which is guilt and shame. Yes. And more specifically, alone. There is a massive alone response underneath fear. It's not obvious, so you're probably sitting there going, well, I don't feel guilt and shame or alone. Or... Yeah, but in all um, fairness, they won't, is... they, won't, they won't know where, they won't no, know they won't where know to look. Because all they'll do is they'll ex- only experience the emotion at a surface level. That's right. You're experiencing you're a very really... surface emotion. Yeah, surface And emotion. fear is a surface emotion, like anger. But underneath those responses are guilt, shame, and alone response. And you have to ask a very specific question to find it. But once you do, it will come up. You can switch that, those responses off, and then the fear goes away. Um, I've 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 worked with someone um, who who was so angry and frightened. You're talking about me? Yeah, no, no, no actually not you. Um, I'm uh, not angry anymore. Don't yeah, I worked with a lady who was so angry. It was a lady, not you. Oh, okay. Um, who was so it. angry, and I've mentioned her before. She 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 thought she'd killed her mum. She was so frightened of her that she'd killed her mum. She was frightened of herself yeah. and what she thought she'd done and what she could potentially do. Yeah. So she then was frightened of her anger because if she got angry. She was frightened of what she'd do, so she suppressed the anger. So she was frightened to let the anger come up so we could heal it. Yeah. And and she had all this fear and all this anger inside her. But actually, when I tried doing the fear and anger, it didn't work. Nothing would change. Uh, because obviously, if you're frightened of something, you're not going to want to let the fear go. It, it's designed there for a reason. Yeah. So while you try and go after fear, some people are so stuck, they don't want to let it go. But when you go to sabotage underneath it, and you find the guilt, the shame, and the alone response, the body's more than happy to let that go. It doesn't want it. And when you switch it off, you come back to the fear, and the fear is no longer there. It's gone. And the anger is no longer there. It's gone. So actually, if you're very stuck, and you know you're frightened, and you're angry, and you have tried working on it, maybe with other therapists, uh, maybe with other techniques, but it hasn't gone, the reason is, is the guilt, shame, and alone response is under it. Don't try and find it yourself, though, because there's a special technique to do it. And you may think there's nothing under it, but there actually is. And sometimes we'll have someone to begin with. We'll go, "What's?" We'll ask the question. They'll go, "Well, there's nothing under it." And it takes a while for the brain yes. to come up with it because it's very, very subtle yeah. and it's very hidden in the unconscious. Uh, but it is there, and I don't think I've ever seen a client that hasn't got it um, underneath the fear. No. There's always guilt and shame alone under that fear. Yes. Since I've learned that, it's always been. I've never found anyone who said there wasn't. I found someone who initially said there wasn't, but was seconds later, oh no, here it is, yeah. and it comes up. Yeah. Well, um, that's what goes back to what I was saying just a minute ago, is that there's the four, there's the four fund, fundamental, let's call it the paradigm of everything. Yes. It's the paradigm of everything. It's the foundation of everything. Every, every emotion that you'll experience, every behaviour that you ever do, every decision you ever make, everything that you ever in your whole entire existence, you can go back through your whole life and it will come back to those four things. And yeah. so, um, and once you get rid of those, that's why the problem goes away because they're built from that. Yeah. Uh, and I just want to clear up as well about fear. You know, you can switch fear off, which, you know, uh, but this is not talking about a fear when you're standing at the top of a building and you're about to throw yourself off a 15th floor because, you know, that's, that's not the fear we're actually really talking about. Yeah, It's more about the fear of making decisions or... Or maybe leaving someone, leaving a relationship, or or, or going into a relationship. Uh, it's those type of fears, or taking a job, or you know, uh, or or doing something for the first time, or starting a business, or or shutting a business down. One or the other, you know. It's those type of fears really that we yeah. that we or, want to address. Or fear of your health, or fear, or fear of doing of, yeah, exercise, absolutely. or something. It's it's un- and and I will say there is actually. Fear is actually um, unnatural. It's we're not meant to be frightened. We're only born with two fears in life: the fear of loud noises and the fear of heights. Um, but those are for when we are a baby. So when we're a baby, if we hear a loud noise, we know to stop because it's our mum or dad shouting us to say there's something wrong. And a fear of heights. So if we're crawling on a work surface and we look down, we go, "Whoa, that's dangerous." But those fears are designed to vanish as we get older, and we learn logically. Actually, fear is irrational, and we're not supposed to be frightened of things. You don't need to be frightened of a fire to know it's dangerous. Uh, you don't need to be frightened of a tall cliff to know it's dangerous. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, what happens Edwards. is... Or what? <laughs> or, don't, don't miss that. Um, so the fear doesn't work for us, and it's not supposed to be on. It is fight and flight. Yeah, but is. one of the biggest things it, today is that a lot of things instill fear in us. So one of the principles of DTO is if something leaves you in a fear, suffering, or victim mentality, yes. ignore it. So if whatever you've been taught or told, or whatever you see or hear from around you, whether it's 
the diagnosis or whether it's or what your friends say. Something on Facebook, say, for example, something or Facebook, something on the, or the news, news, for example. Yeah, if it's fear-based, if it leaves you fear, ignore it. It's complete rubbish and nonsense. There is no reason to be frightened. Uh, uh, and this is the biggest well, problem in the world today. Yeah. There is so much fear. Yeah, unless you want to believe what you're seeing on the TV uh, as, as the truth and be fearful about it. But from my personal experience, uh, I would go and second check. I would critically think everything because everything I looked into never actually appeared to be what I was told. And that's why really I've, dis- I've disconnected from that yeah. type of media for the last four years. And I've got to say, since I've done it, my life's improved a thousand percent but that's yeah. that's a choice for individuals to make yeah. but ultimately the point i will say is i live a much less fearful life yes a one, much one. less fearful life because i don't i've not got the programming that's been hammered into me bang every day isis this brexit that terrorism this this and that stabbing murders muggings all day and yet when i go out into the world i don't witness it i don't see it with my own eyes and so mm. It's a you have to be you have to discern yourself from that and so you know but but now I'm living a less fearful life because in reality the fear-based programming the victim stuff and the suffering stuff is no longer there anymore and, and I that, don't operate from that and anymore. And when you live a f- less fear, when you start letting go of fears, what ha- what do you start attracting to you? Oh, well, you, you attract the opposite. Yeah, yeah you attract, you attract the more love. To, yeah. I've, you know, I've got such amazing people in my life now that. I never thought I'd ever, uh, uh, you know, I never thought I'd have it in my capacity to have because of the the way I was, the way I was brought up, the sort of person I believed I needed to be, etc. The way I was programmed, the programming about being independent, being number one, you know, getting to the top and, you know, just, you know, shitting on the, 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 the flowers to get to the rubbish in the middle yeah. or whatever it is and, and shit analogy but you know, know I was raised by my dad you know, and, I, and he was uh, he had a lot of fear running him so he still didn't fear about me about people yeah uh, races colours things yeah. like that and so when I went out into the world I actually didn't really like people it wasn't I didn't like them I was actually frightened of them I was I, didn't, I was like well yeah. what's going Are you on fearful of them yes yeah, fearful of people and <laughs> as I switched off, switched, no, I know. <laughs> as I've switched off my fears I've met more happy loving yeah. kind and I've realised people people genuinely are loving and kind yeah that they are genuinely warm loving kind people and what I've noticed is if I do get triggered every now and again um, it happens you know it does happen every now and again yeah um, and I'm in, a, yeah, in an energy does, state me. in an energy state um then I start attracting little glitches in people, like little angrily responses or, or not anything like I used to, yeah. but their energy's changed slightly. They're a bit more, not hostile is the wrong word, but they're having a bad day. Yeah. Whereas when I'm in a happy, loving space, nobody's having a bad day. And if I do encounter someone, but I'm in a good place, I can make their day happy. I can make them smile and laugh and bring them out of it because my energy's in a good state. And it's, it's that fear response that we have um, about everything these days but especially about our health and our mindset and our our physical and mental health and the fear is not real everyone i see in the past 20 years there's been no reason for them to be frightened of their health or well-being and uh it's that that creates more of a problem the more frightened you are the worse the problem gets and often um i see people where they they're frightened of being touched um our broadcast's been paused just hit resume. Oh, there you go. Uh, we lost you there for a second, guys. We're back. We uh, just very quickly. Technological problematical. Uh, I know. I don't know what's happening there. Um, so uh, I've seen people come to me. One lady, in fact, she heard me on the internet being interviewed, and she'd been to everybody. And she, um, the last person she went to, she felt would hurt her, made it worse. But when so when she saw me, she was very nervous and very frightened of being touched. Yeah. And I, once I'd done the body work, the first thing I did when I got up was switch off the fear. And because I switched the fear off in her, the next day she didn't have the body reaction. But it was actually the fear that would have caused the problem in the first place. The more frightened we are, the more we hold our bodies tense, the more we shrink like this and we curl up. And this is when our bodies are vulnerable. Being open like this, being free and open, this is not a vulnerable state. This is a, a state of strength. But when we're in fear, we, we tend to do this and we curl up. And this is not a good state to be in. So fear is not helping people yeah. and it's completely false. You do not need to be frightened of your bodies or your minds. 
Uh, you just need to find someone who knows how to navigate through you through your health issue back to wellness because that's all that's happened. You've got stuck in a process. It is a process. And once you understand that, you can navigate the person through it. Some people are very simple. Some people are a bit more complicated. Yeah. And some people are very complicated, but it can still be done. And that belief is what keeps me going. That belief is what keeps me finding new answers to things. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm always looking. Because every now and again, I stumble upon a client that is very, very challenging. And, and you well, know, I mean, take I it today, stuck. this morning. I mean, I got presented with, a, the, you know, a, to, someone wants me to try and heal their epilepsy. Yeah, exactly. You know, and like I said, I'm a, I'm excellent. I like to think I'm excellent when it comes to the mental stuff and the emotional stuff and behaviours and beliefs. I can switch all that stuff off. But when you're presented with something like that, um, yeah, it just, uh, you know, I, I, I could have quite easily experienced fear there and... That could have put you into fear. Could be put that, me into fear. Uh, but and sometimes that does. Like, I've experienced that you know, when I was younger. Not so much lucky now. Lucky enough, I didn't. And I just got no, on with it, but... Not so much now, but when you are starting out as a therapist, if any therapists out there, they're listening, um, uh, you can actually experience fear with some clients because you don't know where to go or what you're doing. And um, I, I had some students where they end up attracting complicated clients and they do get a bit scared. Yeah. Um, but that's because we're so frightened of our bodies all the time. And I know when I was younger, I'd have things that would, that would uh, I'd be like, what do I do with that? But now I understand DTO, I don't really have that issue. Yeah. Uh, I, I always know where to go with someone with DTO. Yeah. And it so takes do, a lot of fear out. So why do we, why do you, in your opinion, do we experience fear? And why, why some people don't want to get rid of it? Why it won't go? Uh, well, it's not they don't want to get rid of it. It's that the sabotage is running. So the guilt and shame actually stops us from wanting to heal ourselves. Yes. So although they're projecting fear, yeah. underneath it is the guilt and shame, and the guilt and shame stops you from wanting to heal. Yeah. So this lady, for instance, I spoke a minute ago, she'd been everywhere. The reason no one could heal her, because she did some really great techniques, if I'm honest. She went and did some really amazing things with very spiritual people, and I'm sure they've healed lots of people. But the reason she can't, couldn't get better or wasn't getting better is because she believed she needed to suffer and that she should be punished because she felt so guilty about something yeah. that she did, but the result wasn't really bad. And even when I've had people come to me and they've done actual what someone might consider a bad thing, although technically that's a judgment, I still encourage them to forgive themselves because as we've mentioned before, the guilt and the shame drive more yeah, bad and I was behavior. Yeah, I was actually just about to mention that, is that, you know, you, people, you're, when you behave or anything that you might do from now going forward, if you're doing something which you know you're going to feel guilty or ashamed of, you're going to add to more guilt and shame from your past, and all you're going to keep doing is facilitating more of that behavior or more of those negative feelings or more of the disappointment, the doubt, the hurt, the resentment, the anger, all of those uh, negative feelings that you're experiencing on a day-to-day -day basis might you get triggered in all different circumstances are all fundamentally coming from your guilt and shame. And that is either because of what you, you've come up with at the time, you know, when you've had an emotional shock, you feel guilty or whatever it's about the, the circumstances, or it's about your behaviours. I know for a fact with me is that some of the big stuff that I've had to go back and clear is, especially when it comes to the sabotage, is the guilt and shame of my own personal behaviours and the way I've been with other people, my my outwardly expressed uh, emotions towards others, yeah. which I felt guilty about. Um, uh, and, and then sometimes, even when I haven't even done anything wrong <laughs> and someone's been bad to me, and my reaction to that person has made As me feel guilty, guilty because I've yeah. overreacted or I've, 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 you know, just, you know. So... Uh, so we have to be really mindful of that, that that's actually what's what's driving our uh, our problems. And then the problem that you then have is that when it comes around to getting better, it's all those guilts and shames that then create the sabotage, create the sabotage. that stop you from getting better. Yes, because you feel so bad that you think you, depending on how you were raised or what you've learned or been taught, you think you deserve to be punished yeah. and you think you deserve to suffer. So a lot of the people, because I was taught as a therapist, oh, some people just don't want to heal. And I never liked that answer, and I still don't like the answer because I think that's insanity. I, and I've learned that it's not that. It's that they don't believe they deserve to get better. Yeah. They don't I believe they deserve to be well and healthy or deserve to have good things. And a lot of us have that in small degrees, but especially when you're ill, especially with autoimmune conditions that have been there for a long time, uh, or severe, severe depression and anxiety, 
it is guilt and shame that's running it and driving yeah. it. In fact, the root cause of depression and anxiety or the autoimmune disease is largely irrelevant at that point. It's actually the guilt and shame that's still keeping it all in place. And by switching off that, gradually, bit by bit, day by day, um, the person gets better and starts feeling they deserve to be healthy. So they then start acting in a way that makes them want to be healthy and well. Yes. Or starts thinking in a way that makes them want to be healthy yeah. and well. When I was still struggling and stuck, and I, uh, what I was having was I kept having negative thoughts. I'm like, why is my brain having negative thoughts? I couldn't. Why does my brain keep wanting to go to negative thoughts? It's because I felt so guilty and ashamed about stuff in the past. And I really haven't done really very bad things. I've had a quite a good life. I'm not really a yeah. bad person. I've only, you know, I've, I've, I've made mistakes. Shh, don't, 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 don't spoil it. <laughs> I've made mistakes with relationships sometimes. I felt guilty about that. I've made mistakes. You know, I felt guilty sometimes about the way I spoke to my dad. Yeah. Um, and think, but I, I've not done any bad, bad things. And um, well, there was that one time. No, uh, but <laughs> I wasn't. But I would feel guilty about normal everyday things. Whereas some people, they they feel guilty about maybe they have done bad things. But again, it doesn't help to feel guilty and ashamed about those things. And it actually just drives more behaviour. Um, so so that once you switch that off, you then feel you deserve to be happy and well. You deserve to think clearly and think positive and have good things. And once I started switching my guilt and shames off, my thoughts sort of yeah. cleared up. My yeah. negative thoughts vanished. And I started thinking about nice it's things. Definitely getting out of the fear victim and suffering mentality. It's the fear victim it's really suffering the fear victim suffering mentality. Yeah. And I've quite often put out on quite a lot of my posts about it's fear victim and suffering mentality. And the beliefs. I mean, there's so many memes about beliefs. Check. Check. Look, validate, validate your beliefs before you post it out because some people read that. And believe it, and it will really screw them up. You yeah, know, it's yeah. keeping people with it it was, people right. Stuck. Here's a great one. It's not okay. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm. Uh, is it? I'm. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. This yeah. is like the big buzzword. It's okay to not be okay. So what you're basically saying is, it's okay for me to be like this, and I don't have to do anything about it. I can just stay here. I don't. It's okay. It's, uh, okay. it's okay. I won't. I won't take any action yep. to solve my problem for it. And. You know, and I know out there everybody's doing their best and they want to make a contribution, but statements like that, I think, are quite they're, it, on, they're it, borderline because it, it can it, keep somebody stuck with that. It's actually a reframe. What someone's done is they've gone right. Okay, I'm not feeling good, um, and instead, it's it. What what the statement means is, don't get stressed about how you're feeling yeah. in the moment. That's all that statement means. It doesn't mean it's okay to continue to feel that way for the rest of your life. Yeah. It just means be okay in the present moment. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's okay to stay and like that's that why forever. I find it, that's why I find it really... That's the glitch in it. The glitch in it's it. It's the glitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, All it's really saying is accept where you are now, but let's change it in the future. Yeah. Um, because sometimes what happens with people, and I see this a lot as well, when they get a symptom or they get pain or a, a, a thought... They then panic about the thought or the symptom. Mm. So they're not okay with where they are in the symptom. So they're not yeah. present. Uh, and that is where that's dangerous. So it's kind of a reframe for people to say, it's okay to be, be yeah. upset or angry. And it is in the moment. But you're not supposed to be fearful or angry or upset or in pain for long periods of time. Yeah. Or if you've got anxiety or depression or if it's trauma-based or if it's PTSD or stuff like that. Yeah. The, the, the fact of the matter is, is that once you understand what the cause of that is, it can be resolved and switched off very, very, very quickly in some cases. In I mean, some cases, really quickly. Really quickly. Some cases a bit longer, but it still does get switched off. Yeah, it does. You'll just it remove it from your life. And so we need to... We, our goal here is to change the mindsets and the belief systems around these issues because um, all the time that we believe that that it can't be healed or solved or what am I trying to say? All the time that people have a belief that it's a problem that they're or, stuck that with they're it, stuck nothing with can it, be nothing done. Can, thank you. Uh, then all then we're going to have this conversation ongoing, and we are also going to. Uh, um, replicate that information to the next generation. So, you know, we need to get it quite clear that this stuff that uh, that, that we do is is, 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 is is groundbreaking and it actually really works very, very quickly and could potentially solve you know, mental health problems across the board, emotional, across the board, globally, because, you know, we're told that it can't, it can't happen. And well, we're I, doing it, well, I'm, I mean, for me, I'm doing it every, every day, day, every day, and so are you. 
I've said before, 60% of the people I treat, 60% of the people I treat, are their problem has resolved within one to two months. 60%. If you put that around the world, yeah. you are talking over half the problems have been solved. Pain, uh, anxiety, depression would have been solved within, two, within months. two months if other people did this as well and, and understood. And I think that blows my mind. I've, I've often said that, and I say in our live talks, that I think it's insane that I have a job to heal people. We the illness and disease shouldn't exist any longer. It shouldn't be there. No one should be ill. And I do believe one day there will be no such thing as pain, illness, and disease. We will all just wake up, live healthy, happy lives, and illness and disease will be a thing of the past. Some people laugh at me for that. Um, I happen to think that that's a really good belief to have, and a really you know if well, because you believe we know, it to be true, it will come true. We one know day. it's possible. It's and possible. So once it's been embraced, yes, there's no there's, there's no, no reason why it shouldn't no, happen. Exactly. So anyway, um, so um, Dave, yeah. basically fear. We got to wrap up. No, so, the last thing was uh, why some people can feel it anyway and some people can't. That was the other. Oh, okay. The other yeah. Thing oh, so uh, so the Susan Jeffries thing. Yeah. yeah. So so Susan Jeffries wrote a great book. Uh, if Susan Jeffries is still there, that's great. And that that response, feel the fear and do it anyway, or push through it, as you yeah, said. Yeah, push through it. The yeah. reason they can do it is because there's no guilt and shame under the fear. <laughs> um, so it is just a very simple fear. It's a basic one, and it's very small. And they just feel it and move forwards. Yeah. But if you have, if we, this if, is my problem with coaching and the yeah. coaching element because uh, you know I've I've worked with some coaches and they've said, yeah, we'll just push through it and just do it. But if you've got guilt, shame, sabotage, beliefs that are stopping you to doing it. That is really, it's really difficult to do. And oh, it would be really you. painful just to take that one step to do that one thing because you're so fearful of it. And it's and, and they're just telling you just to push through it. And it's really excruciating. It can be really painful. Uh, well, actually, what I've learned is just go and switch the thing off and you'll do it anyway. So, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, it, the, it's the thing. guilt push and through. shame that cripples you that's under the fear. So if you're struggling to switch fear off, if you're trying to do something, maybe trying to start a business, maybe trying to... Um, uh, make more money or you're trying to do more on social media or you're trying to put yourself out there and put your information out there and you're frightened it may be because there's guilt it's probably because there's guilt and shame under yeah. it and if you can't push through that fear like some people say that's the reason why yeah um so uh before we wrap up um just want to say that uh Put me on the up here um that uh there we've got uh, oh we've some got tickets a... left for law of attraction yeah so training. they're starting to sell out now a law of attraction training uh 26th of october 26th of october so next saturday next saturday um at yeah. in chelmsford yeah, so if you're local Mill. yeah um and we're going to teach you how to clear guilts and shames um how to clear past memories so if there is any anger and fear, you'll learn how to clear the guilts and shames underneath yep. that so you can move forwards yes. with whatever it is in life you're trying to do as and well start as, attracting good things. As well as actually uh, a little bit more about the science behind the law of attraction, how it actually works. It is a science and I've spent a lot of years learning about it and it's starting to work for me. And we want to share that information so you can get it to work for you. So you can have a wonderful, happy life uh, just like uh, ours is starting to develop now. So that's next Saturday at the Molson Mill on the 26th. Go to our website, uh, inside-outeffect.co.uk. Go to the events page where you can uh, buy tickets from there. It's also on Eventbrite and... And what? And Facebook. And Facebook, yes, it's on Facebook. <laughs> it's we on actually Facebook. posted it on Facebook today. Yeah, so it's probably it. underneath this video on our Inside <laughs> Out Effect page. Yeah. It's probably directly underneath yeah. it. Um, so we don't know what we're doing next week. What we're doing? We've literally got a couple minutes left. So what are we doing next week? Well, I'm off to Ireland next week. Oh, you are. That's I'm right. I'm flying out to spend four days with my son. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. So there'll probably be a little delay in the next. Uh, in yeah. the next. Um, so so we'll do it two podcast, weeks time. So, two so you've got time. two weeks to post anything you want to know, any specific subject or illness or problem. If you want it answered, then post in Facebook. And we we'll, might do the podcast on it in two weeks' time. Yeah, absolutely. And for, for those of you that really are, are suffering or are struggling or can't get on due to anxiety, depression, trauma, negative beliefs, behaviours, phobias, addictions, whatever it is, like we said, that can all be switched off very, very, very quickly. You just need to take the step and want to do that. You can contact Jonathan on his website, which is decodingpain.com. You can contact me on my website, which is healingthemind.co.uk. You can uh, reach out to us on our Facebook page, which is uh, at Inside Out Effect uh, on Facebook. You can also uh, listen to all of our previous 15 episodes of the podcast 
on Inside Out Effect with Jonathan and Stephen. Um, there's loads of other ways you can contact us. It's starting to get a bit silly now. I'll be here for yeah, 20 minutes. That's fine. So we are easily contactable, and uh, we've got you can go to see our testimonials. Uh, I've yet to fail with anybody so far that I've come to work with, and I don't. You could probably say the same because I've failed a couple of times. This pro, yeah, we've been doing it longer than me. I'm going to, I'm about to get I'm, one sooner. I'm not, right I'm not that right good, now, but, um, right now good, I haven't. Right now I haven't. Track record's so really good. It's really oh, yeah, good yeah, at the moment, sorry, and I know it's going to happen sooner or later. But I don't want to believe that because then it will come true. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, so yeah, so I think that's probably about it for this uh, episode. Um, we hope you've enjoyed the information that we've shared and uh, and hope you've learned something from it. If you and have, like it, love please it. Please share it. Put, click the button. Uh, click the share button. it to people who you think. <laughs> click the button. Click the likes or the hearts. I don't really do Facebook that much. Click the likes please or Please like and share so like more share, people can uh, listen to this information because uh, you're, no, you're actually some of the privileged people because to most people, they don't, they're not even aware that what we do or the process, the DJI processes can do what it does. It's a really, really powerful tool. So, all right. Yep, that's it. Great. Have a great weekend, guys. Thanks Enjoy for joining yourselves. us. Um, until next time, stay healthy, stay happy, keep smiling, and we'll see you soon. Yeah, thanks ever so much for joining us. See you later.